I just finished my intro. Your intro. My, I did an intro. I did an intro to my work. And I put out a call and I had uh, over 70 people sign up. Wow. And of That's course, a- 70 people didn't show up. It was free. But I had, I don't know, 30 people show up. So I, kind of what I expected. Yeah. And uh, I spoke. I rambled on for a while. Tried and failed to play a video. I was embarrassing. It was over what for video? four minutes and then the, the trailer. Oh. And, uh, you know, so they could get a sense of the work. It was better than me talking. But, of course, they couldn't hear it or some people couldn't see it. It didn't, it didn't work. I don't know. I didn't have a plan. I just spoke for a while. But I think I communicated something. But then I gave them a little exercise to do. And people loved it. it, it it's amazing how much people are longing for genuine connection. It never ceases to amaze me how much people are just longing for genuine connection. That little thing, that little exercise, just everybody was all excited and opened up and we all want connection. I would like connection. You would? Yeah. You're not getting enough connection? Yeah, not getting enough. Oh, why not? I don't know. I need a a minute to connect with you. Oh. Oh. Oh, just jumped right in. No yeah. foreplay. You're like, I need to be warmed up. I'm sorry. Are you high? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, it seems to be the remedy or the, or the not the remedy, the recipe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. What do you need to, what do you need to uh, get into this? What do you need from me? Um... Yeah, questions are good. Um, I just need to. I, I just need to f- feel myself for, for a minute. Well, and I was thinking that coming off this intro, that we could talk about the work. Talk about our work. Just okay. Just kind of riff on the work, and maybe I can ask you some questions, and you can ask me some questions, and we can talk about the work since we're planning on doing some workshops okay um okay let's let's do it are you ready what do you what do you need can i tell you a story though come on (laughs) i mean i'm trying to warm you up by just rambling on but you're just not you don't care yeah that's what i'm doing i'm like i'll do the talking and you can just like ease into it i'll just (laughs) i'll tell stupid stories not stupid okay well you don't care. No, no, I do care. I do care. I just, oh, I just want a minute to, to just be clear on my intention here. Mm. Um. So we have said that we're going to do a podcast every two weeks. We're going to record something at least, right? Um, for a year, we have made that commitment. Yes. 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 And, um, there's no, there's no pressure to have to publish something every two weeks, but we're going to sit here and record something. Yes. Well, I'm I'm not going to put something up that sucks. Right. And so, yeah, I just want to, um, I don't, I, I, because I feel like 
I don't know, this is the beginning of something. We're starting something, even though we've already mm-hmm. recorded, you mm-hmm. know, many times mm-hmm. and we've published two. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just made this commitment recently. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm a little nervous. Mm. It's kind of like the relationship conversation. It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> We're doing it every two. I'm like, well, just flow. It's fine. What, what do you mean? What are we doing? Or well, are we doing it every two weeks? Are we finishing? Like, I need to know what we're doing. We're just, we're dating. It's fine. We'll see what happens. Okay. Okay. So I need to feel like it's that conversation. Right. Somehow. Which is fine. You know, you have a point. Uh, yeah. You want to name it. Yeah, I want to name it. You're nervous. You're nervous. I heard you say. I'm a little nervous. nervous. What are you yeah. nervous about? Why are you nervous? Because, you know... I, this isn't generally, I don't think of myself as a podcaster. Um, I don't, you know, it's, it's not something that I, I wanted to do, but you know, you asked me if I would do it with you and I was like, okay, I'll try it. And, um, and then we published these two podcasts and people have said, I mean, people have said all sorts of things, but some people have said it's been really helpful and we're wondering if we were going to do more. And mm-hmm. so that invitation felt like, okay, let's see what happens if I do this thing that I'm scared of. And um, yeah, flow to see what, what wants to come out. Right. Um, and sometimes I may be high. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't know. I still feel like I have a reputation to... Well, your uh, reputation is now you do podcasts on half a gummy. <laughs> it's your reputation, which is a good reputation to have, <laughs> I think. Well, today I did a little tincture, so it's it's different. So we'll see what happens. Oh. <laughs> Was it fully kicked in? I don't know. A tincture, mm. I, you never know. Tincture. Is yeah. it a sativa or an indica? Sativa. So that's more up, right? I, yeah, I don't, I, all I know is that I've tried Indica a few times That's and the mellow I don't, one, I think, oh, puts you to sleep, chills you out. It feels like my body can't move. Mm, yeah. I think that's what Indica does. <laughs> all right. Sativa's yeah. supposed to be, it's the creative one. Yeah. I think. Is it the same nervousness you felt before? Like just the people are going to see you in a different way. Yeah. You said you have a reputation to uphold? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely that. Um, And I, but I want to, you know, I, I, I want to be able to put myself out there without shame. Right. So this is what I'm doing, people. Was that Rumi quote, shatter your reputation or something? Hmm. Lose control, like let it all go, something. Something about, I think it's not, the word's not reputation, but it's the same idea. Yeah, I like that. That That's mm-hmm. going to be part of my intention. Okay, good. What is the reputation you're, you're upholding? Well, you know, there's still this thing about being, uh, I mean, I don't call myself this, but a therapist, you know, or in that world where I'm supposed to be a blank slate, you know? Right. And 
good and healthy and well you are good and healthy uh, yeah but some people would say that you know doing tincture or taking a gummy isn't healthy behavior <laughs> really well yeah i guess i mean it's not like you're high all the time yeah but still you're an occasional cannabis user i think that's fine isn't it i mean it's good for me i don't Do you have a problem I, yeah. Do you have a problem with cannabis? I do. I can't. I can't. That's why I don't. What happens to I, you? It's, it's like everything. I Well, not everything. Not alcohol, but it's like hoppe, cannabis. It's like I, I have a very addictive personality. So it's like once I, like if I smoke, if I smoke some cannabis, I want to smoke it like every day for the next week. And then, and then I won't smoke for like, this is how I used to smoke cannabis. Hmm. You know, it, I would get it. I'd smoke for the weekend and then I wouldn't smoke for a couple months, but I would, I would binge. I was a binger. Hmm. It's oh, just, okay. it wasn't healthy. It was like, what am I right. escaping from? Like I couldn't just, I mean, there was times I would, you know, eat a cookie and then go to a Dodger game and that was fun. <laughs> but there was something there was, I could just tell I wasn't in right relationship with it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I've pretty much given it up, but you know, lots of people enjoy it responsibly like you it seems. What is responsibly? I, well, I don't know. I think it's different for everyone. I mean, there's people who like he's high all the time. I don't know if he's high all the time, but he's, he's a stoner. He's, he's, Marijuana, cannabis is part of his life. He, he does his podcast, Stone. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's fine. He's productive. He's happy. He's healthy. He's got a great relationship. I mean, I don't know what would he be like if he wasn't on it. Maybe, maybe he'd be better. I don't know. But mm. lots of people use cannabis a lot, and they're fine. I, I know. Different. So I think it's different for everyone. I have shame every time. Really? Yeah. You know, Miguel used to say that to me. He said, really? your problem isn't the cannabis, it's the shame. Mm. You're addicted to the shame. And that's something about that felt right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, if I'm doing a podcast high with you, I am determined to let go of the shame. Overcome your shame. <laughs> I remember... We had a conversation at some point and you're just, you're, you know, when you have a revelation, you're like, it's everything is about shame. It's all about shame. Shame is everything. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you're right. You, you were right. It is. Shame is. If you liberate your shame, I mean, what, what's left really? How would you tell someone to liberate their shame? Well, what's uh, Anne's saying about shame? Shame is the place you, were, you weren't allowed to live or exist. Mm. Wow. So we got, I mean, we get shamed as children for certain behavior. We shame ourselves in ways, shame certain aspects of ourselves because it feels like the right thing to do to keep ourselves safe because it's not welcome. We feel like it's not welcome. It's not a good part of us. 
Mm. So we deny it. And then we, and then, you know, the problem with shame is the, the definition of shame is right. The difference between shame and remorse or shame and regret is remorse and regret are I I've done bad. Shame is I am bad. Mm. Mm-hmm. And if you have at the, at your core a feeling that you are bad, I am bad fundamentally. Well, that's not good. You're walking around protecting something. You don't want people to know things about you. You have a hidden secret and uh, you can never be free because you feel on some level if people find out about you, it, it's going to lead to exclusion and annihilation. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the most important things. It's just, you know, that's why I'm so adamant about shadow work is just letting people, helping people understand that we all have darkness. We all have dark thoughts and dark impulses and it's normal and it's okay. And it's human. Hmm. And the more you're aware of them, the more you accept them, the more you're willing to just be with them as part of your humanity, the less power and control they have over you and the less likely you are to act out on them. I'm aware that when you're talking about shame, I mean, it's really good to hear you say all these things. And um, it's kind of going into my system, you know, as we speak, as you speak. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm aware that it's like, oh, yeah, I have shame that I have shame even. Right, right. You know? Yeah. It's, it's so deep. Yeah. Like I should be more evolved in this. Mm-hmm. I still have this. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've learned this from you. Like you just meet your clients right where they're at. So if you had a client was like, I feel shame. You'd be like, oh, you feel shame. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, you just accept them in their shame and encourage them to accept that they have shame. Mm-hmm. And there's something about just accepting that you have shame. That's like, it, it, it diminishes the charge. Mm-hmm. It diminishes yeah. the attachment. It kind of becomes lighter in your system and almost dissolves away. Yeah. It's counterintuitive. Like I've, I've been doing a lot of that with my clients. You know, certain clients who are, they get to a place and then they're realizing new things about themselves. Oh my God, I just realized this. I'm like, okay, that's all right. Well, whatever. No, but I, you know, some dark thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, just accept it. Well, shouldn't I try to get over it? Uh, yeah, well, maybe or not. Or maybe you get over it by accepting it. Like, mm-hmm. see what happens if you just let yourself have it. That right. you're a arrogant, greedy bastard. <laughs> and you hate people. And you judge them all the time. What if you just accept that? <laughs> you know? Like, just be with it. Like, let yourself have it. And see what happens. Like, it, it does something. Mm-hmm. When you take the judgment off it. I mean, I can feel it right now, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just someone who has shame. Yeah. Just like everybody else. Right. Well, exactly. It's like I judge people. I have hatred, superiority, arrogance. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, but we want to hide it. Yeah. Just like you said. Yeah, you know? we want to hide it. Well, I know. well we I, want to hide it, but I think on a deeper level, we 
we want to bring it out. Yeah. What do you mean we want to bring it out? Meaning like it feels good. Like I can feel now I'm in a different place than I was at the, mm. at, at the beginning. And it's like, oh, okay. I brought this shame out, you know, and I was, I was scared before to bring it out. And now I just feel better, you know? Right. So, you know, I think on a deeper level, we want to be, we want to have the safety to bring these parts of ourselves out. Yes. You know, the arrogance, the hatred, you know, all these things. We, we want to be able to be seen in that place and somebody go, oh, okay. Yeah, no, you don't have to change that. Mm-hmm. You know, just just be with it. Well, that was Sam Harris's take, final take on Trump, is that Trump is shameless. Mm. And he appealed to people for that reason. Mm-hmm. He, he gave permission and, and didn't for other to people. others. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, people like <laughs> Sam Harris who want to hide their shadow <laughs> and pretend that they're all good all the time. They don't want to look at Trump. Well, and I mean, I guess I was saying just that mm-hmm. maybe people judge the shamelessness they do of course well i feel it's it's wrong Mm -hmm. oh and you're saying that that they're judging it because you should be hiding something yeah Uh uh-huh or they don't want to admit that in themselves i mean that was my I don't want this podcast to turn into Trump. It's not. But that was my <laughs> thing all along. It's like, you know, there's the shadow. If you're so triggered by him, like, then you, there's something that you see in him that you don't want to face in yourself. And for someone like Sam Harris, who's got an image of himself, who's, you know, as a compassionate, intellectual man, and he is that, but he's also arrogant as fuck, which everybody can see. And it's fine. He has a right to be arrogant. He's like, smarter than everybody mm-hmm. it's but just own it you know but he he pretends and so when he sees somebody being arrogant it's you know he gets triggered by it mm. it's like that person needs to go away that person needs to be banned it's like mm. well no it's that it's that part of you that you disassociate from that you then project out and want to annihilate out when you see it out in the world and make it bad mm-hmm I mean, I get the ultimate game, I guess, of spiritual enlightenment is just you're okay with everything. Like you're just, you're with everything. You're in a deep accepting acceptance of every single thing that happens. Like that to me is Christ consciousness without judgment. It's just an allowance and acceptance of everything that is without any kind of moral judgment. Mm -hmm. That's a radical position. Obviously, because most people live in a world of right and wrong and morality. But I think there is a place beyond that. And I think that's actually what enlightenment is. And I think from that place of enlightenment, you can actually make, that's where you can make real choices. Mm -hmm. So in terms of our work, what we're trying to do, I mean, we're not saying that we are enlightened, but... We're trying to help people to come more conscious, you know, to to sit in that place of not judging themselves. Yes. This is what I do. This is what I think. This is how I feel. 
um, and to just say, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, when I, when I or you or whenever we do this in a workshop or when somebody does it in a workshop or like reveals some shadow part of themselves, that something is taboo, you see immediately the space that it creates. Like people yeah. laugh generally, mm-hmm. or at least half the room laughs mm-hmm. in delight, you know, because there's, now there's more freedom because they're like, yeah, I feel that way too. Yeah. You right. know, and then maybe other half are like, oh, that's wrong. And then, you know, you work on that and well, what's wrong about it? And why do you feel it's wrong? And it can take them somewhere. But th- yeah, that's, that's how I, I mean, there's a lot of levels to what we do, but ultimately, yeah. Like, can you, you're trying to support people in getting to a place where they can just fully accept all the parts of themselves, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. And as opposed to getting to a place where I'm always in, my heart is always full and I'm always pure and loving and accepting and I never judge. But somehow I'm, that's, that's the place I'm trying to get to. And I, I guess I feel like, yeah, that's not a thing. Right. Maybe when you cross over to the other side and you start hanging out with the aliens, maybe that's how they roll. But on this mm-hmm. planet, I don't see anybody doing that. <laughs> right. You know, uh, unless they're meditating in a cave their entire lives. Like, we're mm-hmm. all psycho. <laughs> Take a look around. Look at what we're doing. Everybody's nuts. So just go with it. Accept it. Be with it. And, and feel it is. It's hard for me to feel the pain of it. To feel the, the, you know, the, the prejudice, the intolerance, the hatred, the, the, the desire to oppress and control. And I mean, it's everywhere in everybody. And it all gets projected out. But I think, I think that's, to me, that the path to enlightenment is just to accept it. Mm-hmm. Accept it inside ourselves. Know it inside ourselves and, and know, know your own humanity and embrace it. And be willing to feel, yeah, come come to terms with that. But also that that will take you, if you go into your darkness, if you go into your hatred, you know, your desire to hurt other people, your cruelty, it, it's going to take you to your pain. It takes you to the place, it's a defense against feeling our pain. And once you feel that pain, you know, for me, that's what that's what happened to me. Once I felt the pain, really, really felt it, like let it move through my body, it just cracked me open. And I felt all my love and I felt deeply connected. And, and then I felt, you know, my connection to everyone and everything. I'm aware, Dave, that you, you know, you make it sound so easy. No, well, no, it's not easy. <laughs> you know it's what I mean, easy. though? Yeah. Well, People don't want to do that. No, they don't want to do that. Even if they say there, they want to do that, they don't want to do that. No, I you don't, don't want to do it. that. I, I don't want to do it. I don't yeah. want to hit. I was talking to somebody the other day. They were saying, you know, there were the therapists saying it's really hard to get people to hit. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I don't want to hit. Every time I step up to the block and hit, I'm scared. Mm. Even you now. You're talking about the, the cube. The cube, yeah. Uh huh. It's not a cube. It's what a rectangle. It? Oh. <laughs> it's not a cube. <laughs> It's a block, okay? Okay. We need to stop okay. with calling it it's a, a cube. It's a foam block. Okay, it's a foam that block. you're hitting. It's uh-huh. not a cube. Um, anytime I hit the block, uh, I'm scared. 
Woody's because I know it's going to take me out of, well, it's going to take me oh. out of control. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going up there to hit it because there's some feelings that I'm holding back, feelings that I'm scared of, feelings, well, yeah, feelings that are going to take me out of control. And I don't know what's on the other side of that. Well, I do know what's on the other side of that. My pain, something painful, mm. something scary to feel. So that's why people don't want to hit the block. People say, well, I don't want to hit, I'm afraid of my anger. I'm like, eh, yeah, maybe. That, that's true. You're afraid of your anger because that'll take you out of control. And there's an intensity to, there can be an intensity to it. I mean, I remember talking to somebody and just casually, you know, when I was working on this TV show, it was like the executive producer. And we were talking about all this stuff. And I said, what do you think would happen if you let out like your rage all the way? He'd say, he said, it would burn this city block. Mm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> and I said, well, it wouldn't, but I get it. That's how it feels. And that's how it feels to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Or it's um, so buried, depending on their structure, that it's not even, they can't even get to it. Right. And yeah. Schizoids, no, I, their rage. It's hard to get to the schizoid rage. But they, but be, yeah, I hear, I hear things also like, if I feel my anger or if I feel my sadness, I'm never going to stop crying. Right. Or right. I'm, if I feel my anger, I'm, it's never going to stop. And I remember Arena Brahmos mm-hmm. said that that was the trick of the lower self. Right. Exactly. It's, it's a trick to get you to not go there. Mm-hmm. And it's a good trick. so it is a good trick. Um, so I want to ask you, Dave, like what, what it means to, you know, that, that it's painful. Like, what, what does that actually mean? You know, that when you say, if I hit this block and I feel, you know, I, I, I get out of control and I feel something, you know, rage or sadness or whatever it is that I, I don't know what's there, it's going to be painful. What does that actually mean? Well, I can, you know, I can only speak for me and, and my structure, but if I'm hurt by somebody, like, let's say I'm angry at somebody, somebody did something to me, they betrayed me, let's say, and I'm angry about it and I want to step up to the block and hit and like, fuck you fucking asshole. And, you know, say everything that I want to say, get it all my judgment and blame and maybe go even deeper and feel the part of me where I want to, you know, you hurt me, so I want to hurt you back. I'll fucking kill you, whatever. You know, like go all primal and let that part out. Well, I know, because I've done this before, like ultimately that's a layer of defense, right? But underneath that is the, the actual vulnerable pain of being betrayed. Now, I don't want to feel that. That's mm-hmm. shameful for me. That another person can hurt me, mm. that feels mm. shameful. That's like weakness. Oh, uh huh. And, and so what? I don't want. I don't want to feel that like somebody could do something to me that could actually hurt me. It, right. The vulnerability of that, the feeling of helplessness, is I don't want to feel that. I don't want to come to the truth, into the truth, into the reality that somebody can hurt me like that. That I'm vulnerable enough to be hurt. That I'm sensitive enough to be hurt in that way. So the defense is, fuck you, motherfucker. I'll fucking kill you. You betray me, I'll betray you back. Mm. You hurt me, I'll hurt you, bitch. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But underneath is 
is really, really painful and I'm hurt and I don't want to feel that. And, and when you have felt that, what is the pain actually like? What do you, what, what are you aware of? Well, I think, I think it touches into some pain that I experienced as a child that was probably intolerable. But do you but, feel it in your body? Mm-hmm. I feel it in my heart, my stomach, mm-hmm. my pelvis. And what, like, what are you, can I, I mean, can I ask, like, yeah. what, what the sensations are? Like, it's hot. Mm-hmm. It's tingly. It's... Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to even, it's, it's just so open and vulnerable. Like just allow myself to be that open and vulnerable feels it's like intolerable. Mm. Like I won't walk around with my heart open. I won't. Mm. It's not safe. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get hurt and it's not worth the pain. Like that's mm. an image that I have. I mean, I feel the falseness of that as I'm saying it, but that, that is a belief somewhere. Maybe it's not as strong as it once was, but it's, you know, there's still some part of me that, that believes that. So it's like I protect. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I guess, you know, with, with the betrayal to take it one step further, it's like, where was where did I betray myself? Like if I'm betrayed, I mean, this is, I I love this. You know, this happened to me. George Hunter gave me this when I'd been betrayed by two people in the course of like a month. And he asked me, well, was there any place leading up to that betrayal where you betrayed yourself? And as soon as he asked the question, I knew the answer to in both situations. Like I knew exactly the moment when Mm -hmm. I lied to myself. Mm hmm. And there was something that I, I wanted to say or a question that I wanted to ask that I didn't ask. And that moment and that, that self-betrayal led to, ultimately led to the betrayal. I set, it, I set the whole thing in motion mm-hmm. in that moment. I was conspiring with them in some way in this, in this lie. There was a and- lie built in. Because it, not like I didn't speak my truth and in some sense in that moment I'm colluding in a lie. Mm-hmm. And did you feel, do you feel that the betrayal of yourself is more painful than somebody else's betraying you? Right. I guess that's, that, it, that is the, uh, the question. I think so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, ultimately mm-hmm. as an adult, I mean, maybe not as a child, you have no choice but to betray yourself as a child. Right. I mean, that's, that's the whole, that's the other important principle in the work that as children, we have no choice, but to betray ourselves, to stay in connection with our caregivers. Mm-hmm. We're vulnerable. We're helpless. We rely on them for our survival. So we have to stay connected. So if there's some part of ourselves that they're not, they don't like, they don't want, we disassociate, we deny, we betray ourselves to stay in connection mm-hmm. to them. We then learn to do that out in the world as adults. And hopefully at some point we, we start to realize that that's what we're doing. And then the work becomes, am I willing to stop betraying myself? And what does that look like? What does that mean? But of course it's terrifying because the child feels like, and this is the trick Mm. of the lower self. If I Mm. do this, if I 
speak my truth, if I reveal myself, I'm going to be annihilated. I'm going to lose connection with mm-hmm. this person and I'm going to be, yeah, annihilated or, or isolated and it's not worth it. So I'm just going to stay in the lie. And the work is to be willing to risk bringing yourself out, taking that, and even if it's messy, and see what happens. And of course, what you find out is that at least, <laughs> maybe it doesn't happen perfectly in life, but you know, you could, this is the, the beautiful thing about our workshops is that it's a place you can practice that and you get to see what happens. And mm-hmm. often what happens is you realize, oh, when I bring myself out, it brings me into deeper connection. I mean, the moment when somebody gets to the block, in front of the block and starts hitting and starts revealing their dark aspect of themselves, their, their hatred, their judgment, their fuck you. And the whole group stands up and it's like, woo, like they're enlivened by the mm-hmm. energy, like the look mm-hmm. of disorientation on their face. You know, it's just, it's so counterintuitive to them. They're just like, wow. And it's like, let it in, let it in. When you bring this part of you out, you see what it does? Mm -hmm. It brings life, it brings connection. Like this is a good part of you. Mm -hmm. And of course they're bringing it out in consciousness with intention. They're not just spewing it out at a party or to their boyfriend or girlfriend. So it has a different context, but the the concept is is powerful. Mm -hmm. And also that when they bring it out, in that context, and somebody doesn't like it, or they do get judged, or there is a disconnection that happens. I think an equally powerful thing that can happen is, oh, I brought this thing out, and I experienced the thing that I was most afraid to experience, and I'm still here. Right. Like, it's fine. I, I'm, it's fine. Yeah. Like, we can be, you can judge me, you can, we can be disconnected, like, like and I can still stay connected to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. here and that's also powerful very powerful i remember one of the first workshops i ever did as a facilitator this woman went deep into her need. she had a lot of shame about her need mm-hmm. just needing her need in general and so she kind of eased her in and she you know asked for help and she just got into her need and a lot of people came and supported her and she, she ended up on the ground and it was, you know, she was crying and f- just feeling the part of her that was, that wanted and needed. And it was very, very vulnerable. And then this other person came up and kind of looked at me and it's like, I'm, I'm not feeling connected to that at all. And I said, okay, well, what are you feeling? Disgust. It's like, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm aware. It's like, there's a projection. They have, they feel disgust about their own need. And now they're Mm -hmm. seeing someone in their need. And so they're going to judge it as disgusting. And so I remember, cause you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to have this person bring it out. And I know it's vulnerable for the person who's on the ground, Mm -hmm. but it's like, this is their work. This is what they've called in in some Mm -hmm. way. So this is the opportunity for them to be in it have the person be in their disgust and, but stay in, in their need to stay with Mm -hmm. it, to not give it up or not like, fuck you. You don't get it. You don't see me, whatever it is, not start 
judging that. And, and I remember it was like a test for me as a facilitator. Like, can I hold both sides of this mm, and support right. both all of that energy? And that's what Anne does so brilliantly and so mm -hmm. effortlessly. Mm -hmm. But I remember the moment and, and how edgy it is. Mm -hmm. But it ended up being beautiful. What happened? Well, the person understood. I mean, and I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I tried to frame it, you know, in, in a way that, that, that shaped what we just talked about, like to give it some shape. But no, they, they, they understood it. But it was hard. It was hard. Like they, mm. And I said, well, here's the world. Like not everybody is going to receive you in your need. Not everybody is going to meet you there. And are you willing to hold on to it regardless? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to hold on to your goodness in the face of a world that's not always going to meet you there? Look, you're not mm -hmm. always going to be in this room with a bunch of supportive people, mm -hmm. right? But she, she she was able to receive a lot of support yeah. also. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that's, that's, that's a really important Right. Yeah, she got it. She got, she got what was happening. But you also mm -hmm. see people get immediately pulled right out of it. What do you mean? Well, like I've been in workshops where somebody is in that vulnerable place and then someone steps in and says, I don't like that or that feels mm -hmm. like bullshit to me or that feels fake. And then the person gets defensive. And it's like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. You know, they immediately go back to defending. They can't hold the vulnerability. I mean, that, that's been me many times. Right, right. I haven't been able to hold on to the vulnerability and somebody attacks me and I'm like, fuck you. Cause that's where I feel my power. That's where I feel mm -hmm. my strength, not in the vulnerability. Right. Right. So it's hard. It's hard to hold yeah. ourselves in, in these vulnerable places in a world. I wanted to say, just, yeah. And I just wanted to say one more thing about the, the pain, you know, like when you, you were saying the, to, to feel the pain and I feel it, you know, that vulnerability and then to, to feel maybe the, to feel the original hurt or the, the wound there. I actually feel it as a, it, like in, in my chest area, you know, like it feels there's pain. It actually hurts, you know, inside my body, like physically, like there's a, there's a physical thing that happens. And, um, you know, I notice then when somebody says something uh, that that's hurtful in some way, I feel a pain in my chest. I'm not always, I don't always catch it right away, but it's like, that's the, it's like, you know, I mean, you know, if, if I was enlightened and be just like, oh, I feel this pain and then it would go, you know, <laughs> but, you know, I feel the pain and then I hold on to it and it hurts, you know, and then it's like. You hold on to it. Yeah, I want to. I want to hurt back. Right. Well, it happens. These moments happen so quick, and the defense comes up so quick. Yeah. I mean, I remember Brian Gleason saying to me one time, and I use this all the time. He's like, "Okay, go back to the moment and go uh, frame by frame, like one frame at a time." Mm. And somebody said this thing to you, and then you, you know, you attacked, you got defensive. But right before that happened, something else happened. If you just rewind one frame before you attacked back, hmm. what happened? It's like, uh, I was hurt. 
Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Can you stay in that frame? I don't want to stay in that frame. <laughs> just stay in that frame where you were hurt. Stay in the hurt. You're like, okay. That's the truth. To. Yeah, no. we don't want to. But that's, mm -hmm. that's the work. Right. And that's where the freedom is. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that right now because I'm thinking about a situation that I have with one of my family members. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and I know, you know, I got hurt. Mm -hmm. But I want to... I don't want to, I don't want to feel the hurt. I want to hurt back. Mm -hmm. I, I want to stay away, you know? I don't want to get hurt again. Yeah. Well, so you're I, allowed to have boundaries. Yeah, that's true. But she doesn't know, I don't think, what's going on for me. Right. Well, even saying it. It's vulnerable. Even saying to somebody like, you hurt me. Yeah, exactly. It's humiliating. Because, well, it, and also, you know, in this case, like she might get defensive. She might not hear me, you know, right. like, and then say something or do something that will hurt me again. You right. Know? Like, why are you hurt? All I said was this. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, uh. Yeah. So I, I let myself be vulnerable and right. it's like, you know. But I, I think, yeah, I think there is some way I need to just feel for myself the, the hurt. And, you know, and, and maybe tell her this is what was going on for me and not expect her to have to, you know, act in any certain way, but just that it's important for me to express what's going on for me so that she doesn't just think that I'm ghosting her or something, you know? Do you think that, what do you think of that? Well, you know, sometimes like withholding is a form of control and... Oh, it's my favorite. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of cruelty. Uh-huh. I'm just yeah. going to disappear, ghost you. I'll tell you why, and it's how I'm yeah. going to punish you, and you're going to mm -hmm. be confused and suffer. Yeah, it's so good. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, they deserve to suffer. She fucking deserves to suffer. They're so hey man, she created it. That's where I go. Right, hey right, man, you exactly. created this. Yeah. You're getting the suffering that you need. My cruelty is activated. And this then we'll is, be even. God is in the cruelty and the darkness too. <laughs> Don't blame me, dude. <laughs> I mean, there's some truth to that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm holding on to something and I can feel it and that doesn't feel so great. You right. Know? Well, I had a situation with somebody where uh, there's just a certain way that they were approaching me that I didn't like. They weren't mm -hmm. conscious of it. And I just sat with it in their presence. And they were like, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah. And I felt the part of me that wanted to say, well, you said this thing like this. 
and I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm here. But I was trying to take full self-responsibility. It's like, yeah, they said a thing. And yes, I think objectively, there's something going on for them there. But I had a reaction to it. Mm. A deep reaction. Like, I didn't like it. Again, it, was, it triggered something inside me. And I, what I tried to stay with is just stay with the trigger. Like that belongs to me. That's mm. mine. And I, just, I didn't say anything. I just, there, uh-huh. I just, they said, do you need anything? I said, I just need, and I, it was really hard. I said, I just need you to be with me here, which is really mm. vulnerable to say. And they were like, okay. And I just breathed, stayed in it. And there was something about just asking for that. And God bless them. They trusted it. They didn't say, what's going on? Tell me. Like, they didn't do any of that. They just sat with me. Maybe it's because like, the way that knowing, I asked. Without, without, without knowing, knowing anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, without knowing anything. Hmm. And eventually I, you know, 10 minutes, five minutes, I breathed my way through it, came back into reality, and it was fine. What and was reality? That what, was, what was fantasy what, or what was or projection? That they, was the... ha- they were doing something to me. They were trying to control me. Mm. They were, uh, you know, something nefarious. And then I was now mm-hmm. trapped in this dynamic without boundaries. You know, like a, little, like a little kid with my mother. It's not the case at all. So I came into reality and felt the truth of the situation. My power that I'm able to have my boundary and that what, whatever reason they said that thing and took that tone, that's their thing that had, mm-hmm. that had, I, I don't know why they have that, but there's something from their own history. And the next time it happens, I could say something or I could just meet it with a real lightness. If I'm not triggered, if I can get over my trigger, Mm. I can meet that moment with like a kind of lightness without uh, uh, accusing them of anything or trying to make them bad or wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I, could literally, I could feel like where I could change the behavior. Wow. Oh, shit. Do you uh-huh. see what I'm saying? By just yeah. like not, like if I don't react, then that, that behavior is going to stop because it, it has no purpose. It has no use. I mean, none of this is conscious for this mm-hmm. person, obviously. Right. And so I was like, okay, that's the game I'm going to play. Never once saying anything about this mm-hmm. to this person. Mm-hmm. And I'm not withholding. I'm not with, like I'm not withholding my love from them. I'm not punishing them for anything. So this this was like a massive breakthrough for me. This was like mm. felt like I'd gone to the next level. Now I don't I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that the next time they say something like that or take that tone with me i will see what happens i don't know but mm. that's my goal is to mm-hmm. breathe and then meet it with some playfulness and see what happens damn man that's that's full self-responsibility right there yeah because mm-hmm. you are literally you know creating i mean co-creating but you're you know you're putting your part of the creating in there by saying, hey, you don't have to change a thing. Right. I'm going to change over mm-hmm. here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to be with me sometimes, but, but 
in you're trusting that in the ownership of that you will create a new reality for yourself yes that's amazing yeah well and i felt when i was in that place dealing with it breathing trying to work through it like there is no external reality like i had that feeling that was what i was telling myself there's nothing out there there's only in here what does that mean meaning like if there's only in here, if there's only inside me, if all reality, if reality exists only inside my own consciousness, and that's true for everyone, then anything that happens externally and that I have a reaction to, it's, it's not out there. It's only in here. And so do, do, trying to do anything out there to fix it is, it's, it's impossible. It's insanity. So I, I, like I, I felt that. Like, I felt like, no, like reality, it's yours. Like, it's your reality. But the impulse to want to make somebody bad or wrong, oh. it was so strong. It was, I well, think it's you, the first time in my life where I actually, other than in a workshop when you're facilitating, when it's, you know, it's part of the gig. But this mm-hmm. was in an intimate relationship right. where it's very different, right? Where mm-hmm. you're like, you know, I didn't, I was like, okay, I'm not going to blame them Mm -hmm. or even say that you did something wrong. Yeah. I I was thinking when you said that the next time that it happened, that you could, you know, if you're not triggered, you, you could just say something light or Mm -hmm. make, make light of it, you know? And, and, uh, and I thought that what I would say, like, Oh, make light. Oh, I'll just say like, Oh, you're being crazy right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's what you meant. No, no. Yeah. Well, there's this whole thing in the manosphere, you know, the David data, you know, masculine, feminine, where when your woman tests you, when she comes at you with some challenge or some, uh, you know, toxic energy, I don't know if toxic is the right word, but something that's challenging, Mm -hmm. that the way to meet it is with playfulness. Right. And that wins every time. Uh-huh. You can just meet your woman with playfulness when she's in, you know, her mood and wants to like, Neh. right, make you bad or wrong, or mm-hmm. if you just keep meeting her with playfulness, it it will relax her, mm. you know, and mm. it puts her it immediately puts her back in in kind of her feminine and, but without you're not you're not talking about it you're not like hey honey why are you uh in a grumpy mood, I notice you're something bothering you and it seems like you're a little caustic and you're taking things out on me. Like you could have that conversation, but you're not doing that. You're actually just mm-hmm. like, you know, just, I don't know, you go in and whatever, you start kissing her neck or biting her butt or something, you know, just, just <laughs> something to like pull her out of that state. Right. Which I think I is mean, a good strategy. Yeah, I'm probably not going to do that with this family member. <laughs> Bite her butt. No, well, maybe. <laughs> I bet you that would work. What are you doing? Biting your butt. Why? I mean, I think that we do it. We probably have moments of that, you know, in our relationships. I'm just thinking I've definitely have had those moments 
where I'm pulled out of being triggered and just like, oh, right. oh this is what's happening right now. Oh, right. you know, Ferd, Ferd's scared right now. Like, oh, right. oh, okay. You know, and then it changes the whole thing. Well, Tony Robbins has that whole premise about state change. He claims that you can get out of whatever state you're in instantly if you want. It's a choice. Mm. Mm -hmm. And of course he's right. You can be mm -hmm. in a screaming match with your partner and then the phone rings and it's some important call and you're like, hey, Joe, what's happening? <laughs> you just drop it. <laughs> you, know, right. like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So we can do it. Right. Yeah. And his point is do it. Mm. Like, give, are you willing to give yourself, you get two minutes or 90 seconds. You know, give, give yourself that 90 seconds. That 90 seconds, like, you change your state. That's what you get. And I think that's a good strategy. Because, I mean, because what is it? We get attached. Yeah. We feel like a victim. You've done wrong by me. Now I'm attached to being a victim, and I have a right mm -hmm. to my anger and frustration. And to judge Don't and blame I? you. Well, yeah, of course you do. Well, on one level, but the, I guess the question is, does it serve you? Does it serve the relationship? Mm. And how long do you want to stay stuck there? Right. I mean, I think that's I mean, that, I think that's the question. Too. They get it's over shit long. pretty quick. Yeah, how long? Yeah. How long, even, has that gotten better between you and Ferd over time? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, stuff I mean, doesn't linger. Uh, no, not as much, definitely not as much. I remember actually, you know, when we used to fight, you know, we had, we'd have these like epic fights and, and then I would say something and Ferd would get it right away. Like he would just be like, oh, I see what you're saying. And then he, like literally wow. he'd just be like, oh, okay, sorry. And then he, he would just it was and then i'd be like well well and then there's there's like my system wasn't done yet right. you know and he'd be like no i got it i understand i, I yeah i apologize like okay you know and i'd be like I, like i it, i i couldn't i couldn't tra transition that quickly right or i wouldn't you know it was just like no i'm i'm going to stay mad at you even though you're getting it i'm still going to be mad <laughs> you know <laughs> no, i understand all right but now, yeah, it's 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 a lot better actually. I don't uh, once uh, now I know he he can get it quickly. It's like oh okay, all right, let's move on. Well, you probably have confidence too, so that when you get into a fight or something happens, like you you know you're going to be able to resolve it, and and there's skills you developed over time where you know for you at least. And I'm sure for Ferd, but since you've been doing this work, it's like, you know, it has something to do with you. Mm -hmm. And so it, right. it creates safety mm -hmm. for me. Like there's tools, like there's a framework. So that we have that, for ourselves. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's a skill to teach that you want to teach people, you know, getting back to like the work, talking about the work, like you want to teach people the skills. Like when you're triggered, it has something to do with you. And the mm -hmm. quicker you can get to that and let go of the blame and the judgment, the quicker you're going to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And once you know that and have an experience of it, you gain confidence. So you don't feel like there's a world out there that, 
you have no idea what it's going to do next. You have no control over it. So you're just buffing it around, buffeting, being buffeted around by this world and you have no control. It's not true. You have total control. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to take ownership and responsibility for how you react to things. Mm -hmm. And if you gain mastery over that, then you gain mastery over reality. And full mastery, then you're you're in wizard territory. If you're not triggered by anything, if you're just an acceptance of everything, if you're just treating everything like it's a, almost like it's a game, like life is a game. You know what's the the quote by Terence McKenna? The shaman knows that the culture is a game, that everything is a game. That's how he can work his magic. Everybody else takes it seriously. Hmm. Now people would say, well, you know, war and getting killed. It's not a game. Maybe. Maybe not. It's on every video game that's probably ever been. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) And, you know, give it some time. And it's just stories in a history book. Mm. You know, Genghis Khan killing 20, 30 million people. We don't, nobody's mourning that or like, just a story that happened. There's no good or bad to it at a certain point. But that was, you know, a thousand years ago or 800 years ago or whenever it was. We're not ready to say that about Hitler, but one day we will. It's just something that happened. That's hard mm-hmm. to face, mm-hmm. but it's true. I feel, uh, I don't know, some defense or some protection, something. Yeah, I feel people turning off the podcast and writing me letters right now (laughs) telling me I'm a fucking asshole. (laughs) I get it. It is it is a thing. I'm not I'm not trying to minimize it. But but that no, but seriously, like Dan Carlin in his podcast, Hardcore History, this is the question that he wrestles with. You know, is exactly that. It's like, well, no. Yeah, yes, it's a story in history, but also people died and it was horrific and there, you know, families and people's children. And people and are still spouses being a- and, affected yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do you weigh those two things? Like how do you hold hold that? And also how do you you know, once you accept the darkness that's inside you and the darkness that exists in humanity, maybe you have to think about that it has a has a purpose that it's here for a reason and so it's not separate it's not something to be overcome it's not something that can be overcome and how do you reconcile to that how do you reconcile to the the horrors that exist in the world that are have always existed and and continue to exist and, and and I'm not saying that we can't uh, transcend them 
I mean, I think that the work we're doing is that that's, there's an attempt to do that by accepting it, by accepting and knowing it, as I said earlier, then you're less likely to act out on it. And maybe we'll get to that place. But right now we're not there. And there's slavery all over the world right now. There's cruelty, there's war, there's torture. I mean, all the horrific things that have happened in history are happening right now on the planet as we speak. And it's hard to face. It's hard to look at. But it's here. And what do you do with that? You know, tearing down statues of slave owners is not, doesn't do anything. I understand the impulse. You know, we don't want to glorify these people, but I promise you future generations will be looking back at us and they'll be uh, disgusted by uh, the horrors and atrocities that we committed and that we can't see, that we don't know. I mean, one thing, you know, the animals. Look at the animals. Look what we do to animals. Look at factory farming. You're telling me 100, 200 years from now? When that's all done, that will be done. That will be over at some point. You know, when we have lab-grown meat and all that. And we're not going to be factory farming forever. Once that happens and factory farming stops, that generation of people will look back at us and they will be like, how the fuck did they tolerate that? Those people were horrific. Mm. And yet we do. So I'm no better than Genghis Khan or Hitler. On one level, on one level, we share, like, a, there's a shared humanity. What is it? The, the, the capacity for evil. Oh, I see. I'm tolerating, I'm tolerating mm-hmm. horrific evils being perpetrated. I got Nike shoes over there. Nike shoes made in China. You know, China right now has people working as slaves. You know, our iPhones, some of those uh, minerals being mined in mines in Africa with child labor. I mean, there's all kinds of nonsense going on that we don't want to look at and face. And we all participate in it. No, there's no, no one's above it. Well, you can make choices from that place. Yeah, I think, I, I think, <laughs> I think I'm going to get rid of my Nikes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's one of the reasons I'm going, you know, I, okay. I buy uh, only organic meat. I, okay, I don't know exactly what, I don't know enough about it. I know it's better than factory. I don't buy factory farm meat unless I stop it in an out burger occasionally. And then it's like, okay, yeah, where did this cow come from? But that's why I'm going hunting. Mm. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, that's meat that I killed and shot. That was a wild animal and I, I know where it came from and it's better than... The alternative, if I'm going to continue continue to eat meat, something, I guess. So you are making choices. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Based on your um, level of consciousness about right. this. And there's things that I'm aware of that I continue to just avoid. Uh-huh. Right. Because... I like my Nikes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we all do it. We're all guilty. It's hard to face. Mm-hmm. 
And I point the finger like everybody else. I love pointing the finger at the bad people. <laughs> Feeling superior. Mm-hmm. We're nuts. Like human beings, we're just... We're, and it's beautiful. It's all like, I guess that's, that's the place to get to. Like, can you see the beauty and the madness? That's what art mm. does, I think. Great art. Who are the bad people? I mean, are there bad people? Maybe everybody's serving their role somehow. But in your mind, do you have people that you think are bad? Um, the people who make me out to be bad are bad. Mm. They're bad. Mm -hmm. People who want to judge me or how I think or my politics or Mm -hmm. they're the bad ones. Right. They don't see me. So yeah, there's, there's my defense. Mm. You, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't see me. You want to annihilate me? Well, I'm going to annihilate you. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I do in my mind. Yeah. I don't do it in, I'm not on Twitter. Like I've never once on Twitter. It's like the thing I'm proud of. Like quote, you know, people quote tweet, like somebody says something stupid or they think Uh they determine that it's stupid and they quote tweet it and make fun of it. Uh I've never done that. (laughs) I've never mocked. Because it's not a good Good look. for you. I just do it in my mm-hmm. head. <laughs> Privately. Quietly. Or I'll phone you up. and <laughs> Fucking people. What the fuck? I'm getting over it, though. Mm. Well, I was hurt. Mm. I felt hurt. I mean, and it's all coming out in the wash. But, yeah, I felt hurt. And I couldn't, I couldn't hold it. You couldn't hold the hurt. I couldn't hold the hurt. Mm-hmm. It was just like I was in resentment. Right. I mean, it felt important to go through it. Mm-hmm. There was something, definitely something that I learned and something that I feel I'm like now on the other side of something I had to accept. I mean, when I finally talked to my mother after not talking to her for all that time, mm-hmm. I told you this and she was so happy that I'd called. She was like, oh, hi. And I realized in that moment, oh yeah, I'm the adult, like she's the child. When it's always the way it's been. Mm. It was never not that. Mm-hmm. And, and I resented it. Right. Understandably. Yeah. It's like, I didn't like it. And, and then right. I just, like there was something as soon as she was, like I felt her energy of like, gratitude and appreciation that I'd, I'd called mm. and she was willing to let everything go. She didn't care about mm. anything. It was just like, we're back in connection and wow. everything's fine. I'm, ha- I'm just happy that you called. And there's something very generous about that. And I just realized in that moment, it's like, okay, I got to accept what this is mm. and what this has always been. And, 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 and more so now, obviously, cause she's, she's older and, and the, the dynamic does change. And, and, and that, does become actually true mm-hmm. where you, you, you know, you get older and your parents, your parents get older, you become the adult and they become the child. But yeah, I was like, okay, this is what it is. This is what it was. Mm-hmm. 
And this is, by the way, this is what it's going to be mm-hmm. for the rest of my life until I get really old. Mm-hmm. Because in the role that I'm in now, in my 50s and facilitating workshops and building community, I'm going to be the father and the, then the grandfather. And people are going to be projecting all of their shit onto me, good mm-hmm. and bad. They're not going to see me and I have to hold it. That's, that's it. Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to life, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, and th- this is what it is. And so I'm, I'm kind of getting it. I'm like, okay, 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 mm. okay. Mm. As long as I have a few people that see me and I see myself and I have a place that I can scream and yell and for, you know, my own purposes, then it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's really beautiful, Dave. You've come a long way <laughs> to get there. <laughs> yeah, I have. Well, it's just survival, really. If I want to survive and thrive, I have to, I have to go there. Otherwise, I'm suffering. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, you know, I, it, that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. If, I wanna, if I want what I want, this is what I have to do. There's certain things I have to give up, and there's certain things I have to take on, and there's responsibilities. And I guess in some way, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to take on those responsibilities. It's like I don't want it. I don't want that. But I think you have to take it on, and I think that's where the fulfillment comes from—taking on responsibility. Well, you have to take it on um, in order to grow up. Right. I mean, there's, yeah, that's that's what. That's what the holding on is. You're holding on to being a child. Yeah, well, you have to, gr- and you have to grieve what you didn't get. Right. Yeah. And let go of the resentment around it. Mm-hmm. It only took me 52 years. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's all. That, that's pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, you could have gotten another lifetime. Yeah. It's true. Could have gotten another lifetime. Mm hmm. But I think I've, uh, I've arrived. I'm now fully evolved. I've achieved <laughs> enlightenment. And uh, so come to my workshop and I will heal you <laughs> with all my wisdom. <laughs> is anybody coming now? I mean, I always they listen to these podcasts. Like, I'm not going to Psycho's workshop. What the fuck? This guy's nuts. Right. Ace Angela's saying or pretends. But she's high. Right. Is she high at the workshop? Does she yeah, take exactly. a gummy? I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I feel safe with her. No, come to our workshop, people. We're well. This is the, this is our risk, right? This is like we're we're leading with our humanity as much as we can. I'm sure we're hiding things still, right? Yeah, that's true. But but yes, we're we're trying to be. We want to be. We want to be human beings. Mm-hmm. We want to model something. Yeah, that's how you yeah. lead by modeling. Mm-hmm. 